0: Hello and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I am going to be having on a few minutes, in a few minutes, Mr. James Top, who is marching across Canada. Holy mackerel. What a huge thing to do. And I hope he's getting some good weather now. So we're just going to wait for a couple of minutes. I'm going to get Rockfin going. So Rockfin is going live. I'm going to be sharing a link to Rockfin for anybody who wants to jump on a Semi uncensored platform, <laughs> and uh, if you're watching, come say hi in the chat. I'm going to introduce James and then bring him on. So, as you know, there's been a number of movements in Canada. I'm—I'd um, like to say I'm a proud com- Canadian, but that's such a loaded, weird statement that uh, I can't quite go there. But I'm—I'm I'm proud of the people who rose, and the truckers' convoy was so incredible for us to to see how many of us were out there compared to this so-called fringe minority that they called us. And uh, so I'm pretty excited to have James on. And if you're not familiar with me, if you're new to this channel, I know a lot of people have been joining. I'll just make a quick introduction of myself first. My name is Beth Martins, as you probably know already. I am a purpose archetype and also business coach who's building a private membership association. So uh, very soon I'm going to be inviting people into the private domain. As you know, I'm I'm not a fan of the law, but I saw that people needed to know the law in order to navigate these uh, uh, incredibly lawless times. And that's exactly why James is marching. So he's uh, making a 4,000 plus long kilometer walk to Ottawa. Uh, he is uh, currently serving as a soldier who's, who's been in the Canadian Armed Forces for 28 years. James is in the process of being released. And as such is a unique, in a unique case of currently uh, serving members, engaging in peace, peaceful protests openly. So the Canada March's team and Canadians have come to know James as a man with great humility, integrity, drive, leadership, and a desire to serve. Canada is getting to know him along uh, the way on the road. So James is keen to protect his mindful integrity by questioning the orders he's been giving. Uh, That's what we all need to do. He believes in and talks about rising above the classification of thoughts. I'll get him to... Uh, explain what he means by that. He's keen to avoid identity politics, which is so great for me, by the way. That's a, And it's a good way to frame it. Uh, talking in circles about how we got here, wants to implore, uh, impl- uh, employ solutions, as well as open dialogue. And he's often heard saying something like, can't we all just have respect and compassion for each other and call it a day? <laughs> And uh, so, without further ado, I believe I'm. Uh, if James, if you want to just give me a thumbs up that you can hear me and that you're ready to come on, he's ready to come on. Do say hi in the chat if you're there and let me know that you're around.
1: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can, James. Very well. And uh, don't worry about speaking too loud because you're you're coming through loud and clear.
1: Okay, good, perfect.
0: Okay, really nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. How are you doing?
0: I'm pretty good. Are you tired?
1: Ah. Uh, Getting there. Not that. Not quite that time of day yet. Another four hours or so.
0: Got it. Got it. Wow, it's incredible what you're doing. I would love to ask you what what inspired you to do this. In actually, let's back up uh, just a little bit, and I'd like to ask you, you know, when did you wake up to the fact that things are not, you know, what they're telling us on the mainstream media?
1: In March of 2020. Okay. Well, February actually.
0: Right, right. And how did that go for you? What was what was it like? Did you believe in the boogeyman, and then, and then you didn't?
1: No, I never believed in it because I've never believed anything that came out of uh, the television. So, I had an idea that, uh, you know, based on previous um, scares, that this is probably not everything that they're saying it is, and turns out it wasn't. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and so was it hard to be that way? Like when you when you came out and started speaking, did you receive a tax? Did people try to take you down?
1: Um <clears throat> no, not really. I mean uh like I, I I I was really building on what folks had already been doing at that point. Like I mean, look, I was already um, I was just following along um, in the community where you know people who were questioning everything that they were being told, and uh, you know I did my I did my my due diligence and looked into things and made sure that I wasn't making um, you know assumptions that weren't true and just you know just like typically I don't don't really believe anything that corporate media has to say without investigating it first so you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. that's my attitude and I went back into it to make sure that I wasn't making any incorrect assumptions and I don't think I was Mm -hmm. because I was looking at folks who who were being uh, censored and silenced and you know they were losing their jobs like Kristen Nagel Um, you know, and, and so I I just, I came to, you know, I, I came to look at them and what they were doing and, you know, that inspired me seeing what the protests happened in Ottawa, that inspired me Mm. to do something. And, uh, up to that point, I had just been kind of wallowing, right? And, uh, uh, I got to the point where I was affected by, uh, these policies that require you know, some kind of medical intervention, which I don't think is necessary given what we know now mm-hmm. and what we knew. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was in a place where, um, you know, I was on leave without pay from my public service job, but they're in their intent on releasing me from the armed forces because, uh, of my failure to comply with the, uh, chief of defense staff directive on vaccination and uh, I will not disclose my status and neither will I likely get vaccinated so Mm -hmm. it has little little actually to do with the vaccine itself that it has to do with what I feel is the federal government's uh, encroachment into my personal life Mm -hmm. and that is trying to tell me how to be healthy so Mm -hmm. Sorry, I I don't know if that was kind of a... did that answer your question?
0: (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah, that gives a lot of information for sure. And uh, what was it like to serve in the the Canadian Armed Forces for 28 years to begin with? And then I want to ask what it was like to uh, have that come to a sudden end.
1: Well, it's in the process of ending. Like, uh, I've had several of these interviews. I I always uh, say I joined up without, you know, I didn't have uh, you know, any high-minded ideals. When I joined up, I was a young guy, um, wanted to see the world and <laughs> go to strange places.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, mission accomplished. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, I wasn't always model soldier, but I managed to clean my act up and, I uh, spent, you know, 20, better part, over 20 years doing the business to the best of my abilities. And, um, to have it come to this was a slap in the face and it really did devastate me and then uh when i had this when i was told um, you know i, w- I wasn't going to be able to get a paycheck because of the same reason like all federal government workers across the board are were subject to these uh these mandates right mm-hmm. so and i mean where i was working i was a i was a civilian and employee of the rcmp like And it was, it was the, it was the best job. I, I, I loved it. And, um, you know, I was in a, a really bad place. But I mean, to go back to my career, I was joined up in the early 90s. I had, uh, um, been to several different theaters, including the former Yugoslavia and Afghanistan. And, um. I, I transferred from the regular full-time army um, to the reserves in 2019. So basically, went from you know uh, t- 24 and seven full-time uh, to part-time, which at that allowed me at that point in time to apply for this other position uh, with the public service. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you have any hope of working for them again, or do you, or do you feel like it's over? I, I now?
1: would. I I do. I kind of. I'm not sure. Like I mean. Mm-hmm. When I put, I, so I guess you're tracking, sorry, when I say that, that's a US Army thing. But I guess you're <laughs> aware of the thing where I had um, been gone out of my uniform and, um, and I made a statement announcing my intention to do this and also, you know, criticize the government. <laughs> you know, right. it's not, I'm pretty, I'm in a lot of trouble, right, for that. So, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, I would love to go back. I have a lot to offer. Um, And, uh, you know, I spent uh, the latter part of my career training soldiers, right? And a variety of different things. So, I don't know why. It's like, it's it's this kind of institutional schizophrenia at work in that you have this... um, you know, let's let's get rid of a bunch of people that we paid millions of dollars in training for, and uh, you know, making our military that's viable. So you're gonna have to give me five minutes. I I gotta say hi to these folks here.
0: Okay, no problem. Put the. Uh, do you want me to uh, take the camera? Well, you down? can just watch, I guess. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll make it bigger even.
1: Hi right, guys. Hi. 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 Nice to meet you. For what you're doing. Well, thank you're you. Amazing. What's your name? Chris. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet hi, you. Hi. The Americans are moving forward out there today. They're doing what? They're moving forward, they're dropping the uh, mandate. Or they're dropping the mandate for the um, uh, testing going from international oh. countries including Canada. Okay. So when you fly in, you don't have to test anymore. Oh, very good. But still, no movement from our country. Well, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Right. Sorry. Yeah. What's your name? Sue. Sue. Nice yeah. to meet you, Sue.
0: Yeah. So, are uh, there's a lake up here? Okay. Consistently ranked number one.
1: Oh, wow. And our family has been on this lake since 1880. Oh, very yeah. good. So yeah. So we saw you along the road. Okay, so where, like, what town is, what is this? Hey. Oh, you're getting near uh, Iron Bridge. Iron Bridge, right. So okay. this is Sourby. Sour S-O-W-E-R-B, Walsh. Okay. should be a Okay. A <laughs> hundred years ago, it was really busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a cottage on the lake.
0: There. Okay. If
1: you think right. I can do. Well, thank you. Yeah, I no. uh, just do my job. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, so I, I got, I got, I'm doing this interview thing. So, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet. You. Thank you. Bye now. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, bye, folks.
0: <laughs> wow, how beautiful was that? What's it like to re- receive so much generous support, James?
1: I, um, it's, I don't like to talk about it too much because it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I talk about it. How do I put this? It's 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 overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And um it makes it, me yeah. want to cry. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wow. Incredible. So beautiful. You you know, you you really, we didn't know how big a heart Canadians had. I don't want to just say Canadians because I don't like the national identity part, but there are so many just regular people, right? And they want freedom more than they want to go along to get along. And that's what I totally admire about you. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about... You know, in working with the military, did you, knowing what you know now, do you see that institution any differently than you did before?
1: Um, <laughs> I kind of always knew that at, that the uppermost levels, like it's. I, I don't want to be overly critical because I've experienced it myself. But what happens is that <clears throat> there are layers of command, and then the higher up you get sometimes you lose visibility or i should say you lose the ability to see what's happening on the ground floor mm-hmm. um Excited. so and, and 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 then you're also at the more at the highest levels you also subject to all these various winds of uh politics bureaucracy and um and and the effects of you know special interests and uh you know it has it has a has an effect on command and uh ultimately because these these are soldiers the sailors the airmen at the highest levels they're doing what they have always done which is follow the orders that they were given by the federal government and um you know, uh, in that way, I'd always known that. Like, I mean, I've been around long enough to see policy decisions um, with regard to, you know, medicine, for example. Like, uh, if you're not familiar, I actually spoke to uh, Evan Solomon about this yesterday. Like, a number of years ago, uh, we were given mefloquine. And told that everything's okay and then it turned out that there's significant issues side effects that occur from that drug. so you, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. i've I've seen it before I'm not surprised. Um, however, I would have expected a bit more given the impact that we're having on our soldiers which I have the, this is one of the reasons that compelled me to go out in uniform and do what I did and say what I said because I felt that there was a violation here. There was an injustice, and it was severe enough to uh, to cause me to put my uniform on so that I could say to them, "Hey, there's at least one guy out there who who doesn't agree with this." Mm-hmm. And uh, I I wasn't the only one. There's a couple of I remember at the at the time in January, February. There's a couple of our uh, forces guys who came out and uh the difference between me and them is that because i was in the reserves at the time and they were still serving we're sort of there's a there's a disconnect there because i'm a civilian until i'm getting paid but um when i get paid i'm on duty so there's this kind of uh, i'm still a member of the armed forces but I'm off duty until I'm getting paid, whereas in the regular army, you're always on duty because you're you're, you're drawn salary. Does Got that make it. any sense? It,
0: yes, completely. And that was a question I was just going to ask. Another one is that um, as far as I understood with the truckers convoy, that the military did not support Trudeau. I don't know if I'm correct in this, and that's why they had to import a whole bunch of, you know, other police to try to control those, uh, you know, out of control masses that were jumping on bouncy castles and stuff. (laughs) Right, right. And so, there must be
1: something good going on there. It's hard to say. um, Mm -hmm. uh, And I I don't really want to, you know, make any definitive statements on that because it would be only, Speculation of which I'm not entirely sure that uh, of what's going on behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a decision-making process that involves the minister and the chief defence staff, and uh, you know the other ministers, and how how they came to that the decision is is beyond me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good, and uh, so where are you? I should have asked that a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I'm in Ontario. We're just, uh, um, we're coming up on what's uh, a town called Blind River. Mm -hmm. Sure, here, you want me to carry it? So we're coming up on a town called, sorry, my, my, um, Christian is, uh, he and I met in February the 20th when I, made the announcement to do this and uh he's just going to get something out of a. that back there is our that's our uh, mobile support unit oh nice I don't nice. know if you can see that yes
0: totally yeah. so
1: there's there's this kind of uh, method that we have here where we kind of um, we, God, just I'm getting the hang of this thing so what we do is uh I try to get in about 45 50 kilometers a day and um but it's it's discipline right like i'm not just (laughs) marching until i drop right like we have stations and we stop and we get water and do, do do that kind of stuff so that's the way we've been doing that is uh with the help of uh you know the team that's with me and the uh that that rv back there kind of stops every three to five kilometers and we get in there and do a uh have a break but i prefer to keep going when i'm doing these because um it just keeps the uh, conversation going mm-hmm. so to refer back to your previous comments with uh, yeah i don't know what's going on at the higher levels so um what was the question after that uh just asked where were all right so yeah we're coming up on blind river <laughs> blind river ontario so we're as of the time of this um we are Just uh, shy of 700 kilometers away from the war memorial, and uh, my my end goal, amazing, is the tomb of the unknown soldier. So we've come over 3,500 kilometers, and uh, we just released a we sent a final letter to members of parliament because the goal of all of this marching right it's a protest and it's also serving as a mechanism to get the attention of uh, of the federal government Mm -hmm. um on some level you know i've i've managed now to talk to three or four uh, members of parliament and uh you know they know what's going on Uh, In their constituencies, a lot of them have said to me, yeah, 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 they agree with everything that I'm saying and doing, Um, and they're going to meet with me on the 22nd of June, um, you know, to discuss these issues that I'm going to bring about, and do you want to get into that now, or do you have other? Yes, No. go ahead, absolutely. Um, At the start of all of this, I announced I was going to march across the country in protest. Uh, I was inspired by the truckers in the protests in Ottawa. I, too, saw a group of, uh, you know, citizens um, come together, you know, with the same feelings that I had, and, uh, you know, that that kind of lifted me up a lot, and then, you know, I was also inspired by the veterans who went out to support that, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was dismayed when I saw how they were tr- subsequently treated and how it was reported on and um you know so this this that was all part of the you know it was the ingredients in in the decision making process you know where i came to this point where i was like okay i'm going to do this march as a protest march i had to figure out what i was protesting for and that all came after the announcement and then after the announcement, uh, like I did, uh, February 20th, um, we started marching from uh, Vancouver, Terry Fox Memorial. And, you know, I had folks asking me, okay, so what are you going to do when you get to Ottawa? And I'm like, well, <laughs> ah, good question. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just, <laughs> a lot of this stuff e- evolved as we were marching along. So I realized there has to be a point to all this. It can't just meet me going to Ottawa, get there in June and you know plumping my ass down on Parliament Hill lawn and saying okay here I am right so uh there there came to be this um necessity to tell everybody what I'm doing why I'm doing it there's three main points I'm protesting the requirement for federal government workers and in hindsight um I'm also protesting. You know, I should have included a a paragraph in there about the corporate sector as well. But basically, I'm protesting the federal government's um, decision to require, as a as a term of employment, uh, you know, a vaccination or other uh, intervention, um, as a term of employment. And then I'm also speaking out or speaking for those folks who have lost their paychecks like I have and I'm also speaking for everyone who's serving whatever federal government or department they're in Um, I'm speaking on their behalf because they were they were basically coerced into accepting this uh, this medical procedure be it a you know a test or quarantine or an injection or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, To address those, I called on uh, every member of parliament. I sent them a letter with the help of the team here to all 338 of them requesting a meeting, and then we highlighted the items that we want to talk about, which are what we're calling the the three plus one Rs, so it's repealing, reinstating, restitution, and then what I came to see over the course of this journey was uh, a serious divide in this country. We've had a discriminatory system uh, imposed on us now, and, um, and it's, it's bad news. Like, I mean, I've been to uh, Yugoslavia, uh, you know, where it was a country uh, torn apart by civil war and uh, I can tell you I I don't like what I see here on the ground because it reminds me of some of the crap that I heard about prior to the war in Yugoslavia breaking out Mm -hmm. so I want to talk to them about that I want them to understand that uh, what I'm seeing here on the ground is that we have a divide it needs to be repaired somehow and I'm going there uh, I have I have speak with the collective voice of everybody I've met since I left Vancouver, basically. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to them about how we can fix this. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's the ideal outcome that you want to see from that conversation?
1: What, what do I want to see happen? Yeah, what's the ideal outcome? Yeah, well, in a perfect world, I want them to go, yep, here's your job back, here's everybody's job back, here's some payback for the wages you lost. And uh, by the way, feel free to fly home. That would be perfect.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, hold what you want in mind, because stranger things, and my prayers are really fast these days.
1: However, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, someone in the chat asked how How can oh
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, sure. You want to take a picture? Okay. We're heading to the ceiling. Cool, man. Good job, buddy. All right. Right on track for Ottawa, June 2nd, 22nd? June 3rd, June 3rd, or sorry, June 30th. 30th, no? Yeah, that's when I marched okay. there, yeah. yeah. good job, hey. Thanks, Thanks, brother. Yeah, sorry, you said there was a question in the chat?
0: Uh, yes, it, it, um, it, it, you have it's such a large team and you've got a you know a little bit of a convoy there and people really looking after you. So they were wondering, how can you afford the support? Do, do you get donations? Is there somewhere that uh, we can yeah. send people to your yeah. website? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I uh,
1: mean, we have a fairly low overhead cost. However, our gas is uh, over $2 now. Crazy. And um, the fact is that uh to go back to when all of this started i had meant to re- uh i uh, not long after i made the announcement <clears throat> um that i was going to do this it went online i had a bunch of people reaching out to me to say hey i want to help you and it started pretty much right away um i had thought you know this was going to be a one-man show in the beginning because I honestly didn't think that many people would care about what I was doing. I thought maybe some people, maybe a few people would take interest. But the support that has, uh, the way it built up, um, it just became more than me. It's became uh, important to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So, um, it's Absolutely. just, uh, it's just, it's overwhelming, like I said, it was, the way this is, we have gotten uh, this far this fast is with the help of the team and the volunteer efforts of everybody. There. None, of, none of us are, you know, we're not getting paid. All of the money goes to um, um, operating this, this, this venture. And also, it's also going towards uh, paying for the venue of the members of parliament that have agreed to come and speak with us in Ottawa right so the the how do i put this the irony is that um i started this as a protest and folks are helping us out and i've i've humbly asked for the audience of uh of members of parliament uh, who are going to come come talk to us who have a collective salary of probably over a million dollars and yet uh we are the ones taking donations so that we can speak to them to have a place to speak to them and uh i i don't know what i I just trying to figure out when i think about some of this stuff when i walk through that door into the twilight zone but this is where we're at so i don't know is that (laughs) your question yeah absolutely we're getting donations (laughs) yes and um, and thank god because uh we there was an initial outlay of cash for a few things and we dip into our funds every once in a while but if it wasn't for uh canadian folks helping us out uh, I'm, I'm going to get into Ottawa on the June 30th and, uh, I'm only a part of, the, you know, every, everybody from Vancouver to Newfoundland that I've met on this journey has helped out in some way, even if they only stopped to say hello and offer encouragement.
0: Amazing. That's so, so good. And what, you know, what it makes me think of is that, uh, These are organic movements, right? Like you didn't even know exactly why you were doing it. You didn't have all of your ducks in a row. It's come together. And uh, this is the thing with organic movements. It's not so much about, you know, the leader and everybody follows. It's no, no. Everybody comes together and does their part. And they do it without somebody telling them to do it or being hired to do it. Right? It just—they're just inspired. Is that what you're finding?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, this is the the real deal, and I mean, for, for somebody like me, okay, I spent a lifetime in the armed forces. i thoroughly institutionalized in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, I was the guy that was going to go live in the woods. Right? Uh, went to, I, went to, uh, I was in Afghanistan, I did a lot of study of insurgencies and counterinsurgencies, and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really see myself being part of any kind of uh, movement, quote-unquote. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, here I am. Well, that's
0: exactly how king heroes roll. They don't put up their hand and say, I want this job. It's more like God comes along and said, oh, It's you, you're being called. You're Mm. gonna be needed. And uh, yeah, always the reluctant king heroes. So that's really, yeah, amazing, exactly, Carrie. And I have to uh, suspect I know the answer to this question, but has mainstream media paid any attention or given any uh, coverage whatsoever? I don't watch it much, so I wouldn't have seen it, but are they trying to twist it like the truckers convoy? What's going on with them?
1: I think that's in the process of happening now um so basically i went out made the video on february the 12th out in on TikTok and in public in my uniform and that's what i was going to do i was uh, contacted by somebody from uh, cbc fairly early on at that particular point in time i really didn't know how to articulate everything like i can now so i declined i uh, haven't heard back from them except for you know a few kind of uh breakfast television shows have tentatively reached out um but they were not really willing to follow up on anything and um i did get a short piece from uh regina ctv in regina uh they filmed uh, some footage of us uh going through regina in the snowstorm and then, most recently, just yesterday, I had an interview with Evan Solomon, who is some radio show that's affiliated with CTV in some way. Right. Um, and that was a bit of an eye opener. But uh, apart from that, I did get uh, some articles written about me because uh, it goes back to me appearing in uniform. And um, that is, you know, I, because of that, I'm being charged uh, by the military. It's not, a, it's not a civilian criminal uh, charge, and I think that's why uh, the headlines read that um, you know, a soldier charged uh, for appearing in uniform, and uh, they don't they don't. Wear, it's alluded to that uh, I'm being charged for supporting the the trucker's convoy, which is not actually the case. I'm being charged because I wore my uniform public without authorization making statements criticizing government policy uh-huh. so that is a fact and that is something that is still ongoing uh there's been no uh trial date set and um it's it's a process that will be ongoing for uh quite probably the next little, the next little while hey james
0: um, I would love to introduce you to the ladies at Stand For Thee, Rebecca Shepard, Amanda Shipping and Jane Scarfe, who I've been working with in the last little while. We got very interested in the law in the last Mm -hmm. two years, not because Mm -hmm. I love the law, of course, but uh, and they're helping people. Every single person that they help using, by the way, I want to because I saw this on your website and I just have to shout out because I've become a a real proponent of it, that uh, anybody who's using the Canadian Charter right now in courts are losing Anybody who's using the Canadian Bill of Rights from 1960 are winning if they're doing it properly. And I know for a fact that uh, Rebecca and Amanda and uh, Jane will help you. And it's, okay. It's a process of self-representation, so you know it's not bad to consult a lawyer, but you don't want them speaking for you because they they only work for judges, they only work for the bar Associati- association. They're not going to work for you. So I just want to. No, so I just
1: I just jump in there because I'm not actually being charged criminally. Right. I'm being charged under the National Defense Act. Okay. So it's a, kind of a different uh, um, entity, or not an entity, but. How do I put it? It's more or less uh, reserved for members of the armed forces. However, civilians can get charged under the National Defense Act uh, if it's uh, severe enough and the evidence is there. Right. But under the National Defense Act, Section 129, conduct uh, prejudice to good order and exact verbiage, I never get the verbiage right. But it's something along those lines. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a it's a completely different ball of wax in the criminal um, proceeding.
0: Right. Right. Well, I'll still put you in touch if you like to see if that they can help you. To I,
1: I'm actually, yeah. Out. I'm I'm being represented by uh, Millar Law, so they're pretty squared away because uh, Philip Millar was a former service member. He definitely knows his way around uh, the application of military law.
0: Okay. Very. But right. I
1: mean, if they got if they got something to input, I'm sure. I would sure like to hear it.
0: Right. Just keep your eyes out. The track record on the Charter is not good at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what does freedom mean to you, James? I love to ask this question because it's such a personal thing.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question because I've been asking myself that and I've often asked folks that I've met along the way because it's uh, it's one thing to to kind of be shouting freedom this and freedom that Um, if you don't really have a definition or some kind of idea what it means to you personally. so But to me, me, it means being able to live your life, um, do what you want with that, as long as you're not uh, committing a crime or hurting anybody or taking something that doesn't belong to you. Um, You can have a conversation uh, as long as you're not offensive in the way that we were brought up to believe what is actually offensive and what isn't. Um, you know you have that you have the right to travel to go where you want to say what you want do what you want um, as long as you're not hurting anybody else that's what freedom is to me that's what I experienced growing up in this country um, to a large part um, you know it also means being free of things like uh, unlawful and unethical mandates. Right.
0: Right. Amazing. Because it's not yeah. just
1: freedom. For me, it's being free of something. Right. Mhm. And uh, and I also like to be free of people uh, telling me how to be healthy, or um, you know how I should act or should not. act. Right?
0: right. Yeah. Exactly. I, Never before in history.
1: You know, I spent uh, my adult life in the armed forces, and you train, you train your soldiers to act in a certain way because you need what they, what we call discipline, on the battlefield. And you, you ask them of your service, of their service. You don't demand it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and as we're seeing, both for history and, and for our current day, the, the Order followers, they're just as culpable as anybody, right? Like, just, just because, oh, I'm just doing what I was told I was supposed to do. That this, this does not get you out of the blood on your hands. So I'm sure my people know that I'm speaking to the choir here with you too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, what I see happening... Uh, in the uh, institutions, is that it's uh, it, they're they they're just they're keep kept um, they're keeping the integrity. Uh, how should I put this? They're being held together with fear. That is the glue that that's holding it all together, and it's it's shocking to me sometimes. But um, you know the guy. Um, who's following the orders is afraid of the guy on the office above him and they're afraid of uh, You know getting a bad PR. Or they're afraid of not being paid or losing their pension Or you know, they've come to this, you know, we've had this belief system imposed on us now over the last two years and uh, They believe that they're at risk of getting sick and so they're afraid of getting sick, You're, you know, that like gets It's a really <laughs> It's kind of a mess
0: Exactly. Yeah, I had a good discussion with and Milne, a colleague, uh, last night about AI and how they keep telling us that, uh, you know, we're going to be merging with AI, we'll be like the bionic woman or have bionic eyes or whatever that is. And mm-hmm. I really don't believe it. I really don't believe it. I think if they could do it, they would have done it already. What's, what's your take on, on the, the, you know, the AI and all of that kind of... Uh,
1: I think it's the same, the same as when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, we're in 2020, uh, we were supposed to have flying cars and, and hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like the Jetsons, right? We, we did get so I believe in screen.
1: AI about as much as I believe in, uh, you know, like uh, finding a lightsaber. Let me put it that way. There you My go. understanding of AI is that uh, it takes a lot of people, a lot of programming, and a lot of code to ensure that it has the functionality of, um, you know, a six-year-old. And I, I, you know, until... I know it works for, for things like Google, for sure. It has, you know, the application of algorithms that can go out and pick words out of a sentence and say, you know, that's not allowed to be said. And I think that's that's something that it's probably perfect for because it's something that a human being doesn't have the attention span to do. Yeah. But as far as, uh, you know, something that thinks and reasons and is capable of... Uh, um, doing uh, something on its own, I'm I'm not entirely sold on it either.
0: There you go, there you go. Yeah, and it entirely depends on, and, and this is actually my subject in my uh, in my life when I'm not pa- podcasting. I'm a coach. I help people to deprogram, to let go of the fears that completely blind them to reality of what's going on. Like you said, well, I'm afraid for this. I'm afraid for that. Here you are, James. You did. You know get the leave without pay it's like the worst punishment that you could have you're not even free from them you're just not able to earn your living and uh we forget that all of these whether it's the the power structures the bureaucracy this these systems and and right down to ai it all relies on us our life force and if we don't volunteer that then it doesn't have anything
1: yeah There you go. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I love your phrase, uh, identity politics. Why do you avoid them, James?
1: Well, it's fairly, um, here, look, we got uh, um, the, I think they're Hutterites, but that's hard to believe. That's how folks used to get around a couple hundred years ago. Oh, no, but uh, sorry, uh, I, as as I understand what identity politics politics is is it's uh, it's it's the atomization of the population to uh, have these kind of attachments to various groups, which are then more easily set against each other.
0: Yeah, well said, exactly. It creates division where there may never be division. And it's fake division because do you see it this way too, that there's no, there's no multiple parties. There's only one party and then they, sh- they set up the show. So you got the blue against the red and the, you know, I, that's not quite Canada, of course, but uh, you know, you, you've got all these characters in the show, but to me, it's really all the same. And then, you know, with, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but with the best intentions, people going into that field, uh, they right. They're um, if they don't get corrupted, they're incorruptible. Then they won't last in that field. What do you What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think that. So, having had the opportunity now to speak to uh, a few members of parliament, and um, you know, uh, I. <laughs> I find that an accomplishment in and of itself, but um, I've come to the realization, you know, as a a whole, we have to to think of this, um, these institutions as, uh, you know, corrupt, inefficient, and ineffective. And I think that is quite possibly true. However, when you speak, to the individuals in those in, uh, institutions, they're uh, just as human as you or I, and they're and they're susceptible to the same forces. However, um, uh, to greater degrees than you and I could probably even imagine. And I think what it comes down to is that in these parties or institutions or corporate structures, they they're not loyal. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. Their their loyalty lies with the party and not with the folks that they're supposed to be serving. Right. Does that make any sense?
0: It totally does. And And they're caught in a loop, even with the best intentions again, because if they don't maintain power, they can't help people. So their first order of business always becomes maintaining power. Yeah. Right. This, this is the shadow of the king, and that, and then they get corrupted by that because they're they're not really truly working for freedom under God. They are working for power. Right. And uh, yeah, so severe limitation. And yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I, what What do you think in terms of um, self governance? Do you think that Canadians are capable of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take much more education. And um, it's going to take us, uh, possibly, you know, demonstrating that, you know, you, you we all have the ability to learn and understand things. Because Mark, um, let's face it, when I sent out letters to members of Parliament, I found out there was 338 of them. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> prior to sending them out because you know my knowledge of the government and how it worked was uh, fairly uh, superficial at that point so it takes a little bit of work in educating folks in uh how these things work and then once you do that they become informed and educated and um as a group of people they can make better decisions and I believe now you know, I'm not I'm not anti-technology. When I speak about AI and stuff like that, I just want to make that clear. Like I, me too. I believe we have uh, the ability to use technology and have it work for us, as opposed to the other way around. This is an example and, uh, of it right here. Exactly. And having said that, with the systems we have in place, we're talking um, about a parliamentary democracy. Uh, maybe the time is to evolve it to use this technology such as uh, anonymous polling, but more importantly uh, voting systems. Um, y- you know what I mean that once uh, somebody has made uh, has all the information available to them, uh, you can do uh, <coughs> you-, you can have these systems in place like you can you can have a referendum where the population actually takes part in the decisions mm-hmm. with these kind of you know smartphone apps that allow this kind of thing to uh, be put in place. Mm-hmm. I mean it has a other a whole host of other issues but if when I when I speak of when you speak of self governance is that is that the kind of what you're getting at? Yes
0: exactly it's uh you we have been born in captivity. Uh, we've been raised basically to be imbeciles, right? If, if people like yourself don't take it on to do something extraordinary and, and, and make accomplishments and stand up for more than just yourself, then they can get by, at, you know, Starbucks and on their their games and their apps and their movies and, and all of the breads and circuses that come at higher speed every single day to distract us away from things. And and so, you know, there's it's just debatable. Are Are people truly capable of governing themselves, and then, and then you know, they might just well have to, right? We may have no choice about that.
1: Well, I do. I do think they're capable of it. It's just that you have to get them to understand that that's what they're capable of. Uh, like, I've encountered this a lot on this journey. Um, there's a lot of folks who say, um, well, I could never do that, or I don't get it, or I don't understand Mm-hmm. Well, this is part of what I, I think that we're doing as a team. What I'm doing is demonstrating uh, exactly what you can do if you put your mind to it. And you have there enough, you know, go. have the right people helping you. And uh, if you're willing to kind of get out of that, it's, it's a mental trap that you you put yourself in.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. So good, and uh, so if you could broadcast a message out, uh, this interview, by the way, if people are, those that are watching right now, could you please share it out? It is being shadow banned. I know for a fact that happens with my channel. They unsubscribe people every single day. And so what would the message be that you could get out to the world right now if there's anything that you haven't said already?
1: Um, yeah, I, I just think that we, uh, as, as, as individuals, as human beings, Like I said, uh, we talk about words like respect and compassion but, you know, for for somebody like me, I didn't really understand what they meant until I was, you know, put in a position where I was kind of suffering and uh, I was able to see that, you know, I wasn't the only one in this position and maybe, you know, that's what it takes, right? It's just evolving your thinking. Just watch out behind you. Sorry, I got... Logan murphy my action photographer
0: oh nice <laughs> you're taking amazing shots by the way so good
1: yeah He's but uh, yeah to go back to that it's just uh, i think you know it, we we got to get to a point where we uh we are in charge of our own destinies um we're not uh we're not cheap we're not uh um any kind of animal we're human beings some of us just come to different realizations at different times and uh, you're not going to be able to uh, force anybody to believe something they don't want to they just have to be presented with the evidence and given time to digest it, <clears throat> That's, it. That's
0: it.
1: so yeah, there's that but right. uh, ultimately what I, I do want to say too is uh, this is uh, a story uh, about a bunch of people who came together on uh, February the 20th Because they saw a video on the internet and uh, We uh, definitely had some challenges and some hardship, but we got this thing going to the point where we're 111 days into this 12 of us and uh, you know we're a little family now, and it's it's just an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing experience, and nobody's uh, a lot of people aren't aware of it, and I want to thank them, and I want to thank everybody who supported us in getting here, and uh, it's pretty it's a pretty big deal
0: it really is it really is no doubt you will, will be forever changed by it and uh, any thoughts about after and no pressure at all but any any plans for how to keep the momentum going after the fact and
1: well it's going to be contingent on the decision we have uh, on the outcome of the conversation we have on the 22nd so just to uh, clarify that i i'm going to have a meeting with members of parliament on the 22nd because that was a date that we put out months ago and we kind of want to stick with that but due to a couple of miscalculations i won't actually arrive in ottawa on foot on the 22nd i have to drive there have the have the discussion drive back to where we stopped and then continue the march and then i actually march into ottawa on june 30th but uh it's going to depend uh what happens after is depending on the conversation that we have and any uh, events that might unfold in between now and the 30th, and if we have to, then uh, entertain having to continue this march to educate folks and empower them to, you know, be able to think for themselves and look at things in different ways. And uh, uh, you know, I've explained this to the team too, and they're all they're all about it. And so are a number of other like-minded groups and individuals like yourself. So, um, you know, if they, <laughs> I'd rather get my job back, mm-hmm. but uh, if I have to, um, you know, I'm not going to Ottawa to occupy the city. I'm, I've, I've used this march as a mechanism to get the attention of members of parliament. We're going to have a conversation. I hope we can go forward and you know at least sketch out a framework for how we can uh, continue to work together to get mandates lifted and get folks back to work and uh, you know if not then we keep marching and we keep putting pressure on uh, on the federal government through peaceful and constructive nonviolent activity um, until we remove this system of uh, discrimination that's uh, we've got in place now
0: very good well James thank you so much for joining me for this interview I know uh, your hands are very full there must be trials and tribulations every day to go through and uh, totally appreciate you coming on
1: yeah no worries it's all great it helps uh, pass the time sometimes
0: (laughs) right right yeah it's it's downright fun connecting people from uh, all over the world I know that I get a lot of joy from that myself and so everyone do visit canadamarches.ca make a donation towards james team and efforts and um, follow follow him share this out please there is a another link that i i received i'm going to share that on my telegram if you haven't visited my telegram you can look in the show notes below the video and click on there. That's where I'm the most active on my social media. And uh, I'll be sharing the video that went out yesterday, very emotional. <laughs> I had a little cry when I was watching that. And uh, yeah, I just wish you all the best. Stay safe. All of you, thanks to your team who's supporting you and everybody who's showed up along the way as well.
1: Okay. Thank you. Good uh, Good to talk to you today.
0: Okay. Likewise. Well, i will with you soon. Okay. Bye for now. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs> Godspeed. Yes, Godspeed indeed. Wow, where people didn't expect to find themselves. Like even me here. This uh I believe was my hundred or pardon me, two hundred and second interview in two years. Right. And would I have gone uh absolutely crazy doing interviews like this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would have, but I don't really think so. It has felt like go time since the pandemic began. And uh, so James is a great example of just, oh, God's telling me to do this. It's pushing up. Maybe it makes no sense. I don't know where the support is going to come from. You know, I don't know how this is possible. It seems outrageous. But he did it anyway, and look at everything that showed up organically around him to to be a part of that. So um, I appreciate you guys coming again. If you can help share this out, that would be great. It's uh, kind of a sad uh, situation when there's less uh, people, but we're growing anyway, despite the suppression and the and the banning. So yeah, I, I uh, definitely appreciate your your presence. Thank you, son. Son, that's lovely to hear. Oh, there we go. And uh, Bo Caddy. nice to see you. And Carrie, thank you for coming as well. I totally appreciate it. Hello, Austin Clementine. Nice to see you. I uh, did a fantastic interview with Tasha Fishman yesterday. If you didn't ca- have a chance to catch that amazing conversation, uh, her and I might have been separated at birth, I said, because we're so much alike in how we see she has a lot of wisdom to share, especially around children and uh, unschooling, not homeschooling, but unschooling this is part of the organic nature of life that children want to grow. They want to learn. And when do they grow and learn is when they, uh, themselves, it's the perfect timing for them. And they have circumstances that require growing and learning. I mean, growing, I think happens anyway, <laughs> as long as you, uh, you feed them thank you john i appreciate that thank you carrie yes don't forget to like this and help it get a little bit up there with some organic uh, reach as well and uh, don seymour always nice to see you bye for now carrie and i think that's all i will be back to you guys uh probably from the garden the next time because i've uh i've uh has been really active in my garden right now and oh i have to tell you this beautiful beautiful experience this morning that uh, we're getting a lot of sun, that's good, but it's been hot and dry and putting a new garden in and I had to beat back the weeds like anything, like a warrior singe man, <laughs> beating weeds, soldier against weeds and... uh and then, so I watched a video last night, thanks to Jacqueline Milne, who's been feeding me some, you know, gardening and growing tips. And we're probably going to host her for a workshop. So if you're interested, this woman has incredible experience growing stuff. She's a farmer in the Northwest Territories. She created a whole food system for the, all the people there, and uh, that's so so that's, it's amazing. And so I was talking to her. She shared a good video with me about all of the falsities that we've learned about soil, right? Like it's just, there's endless, endless stuff. One of the things that I've been really excited to hear, uh, I won't talk about this too, too long, but that plants make soil, right? So they, uh, they, they, they hold the soil to the ground so that it can circulate and, uh, and give love. And when you look out into nature, here's the big point. When you look out into nature, you know, there's a tree outside. It's not even in nature. I'm in the city. Nobody waters that tree and it grows anyway. And, and you go, I go by the river, and it's green, and there's like huge amounts of foliage and new growth and all kinds of amazing things. Again, nobody's watering that. And how does it survive? Well, the earth makes a blanket for itself, and everything underneath it works and, and turns into soil. And then, you know, very simple things like, like ground cover mulch you know wood chips whatever it is can save your garden and make it much more uh easy to learn anyway i'm giving you guys a gardening lesson so this morning i went and i'm watering watering knowing okay i gotta i gotta get mulch in my garden i gotta i gotta find some way to do this i leave the garden hightailing it to get ready for this interview and then um I get myself stuck behind a truck and I'm like, oh, darn it, should have taken another street and uh, maybe I can scream around him <laughs> kind of thing. And then and then I said to myself, wait a minute, oh, isn't that a chipper truck? And I literally wanted to go in the middle of the night and mulch my garden. That's how like, oh, this needs to happen immediately because it's, it's a, a clay soil that turns almost to rock on the top, as soon as you expose fresh soil, it turns to rock in the sun, like clay gets baked in an oven, right? And, uh, and then so this truck, it's like, Oh, my God, it's a chipper. So for some reason, he pulls right over. And I'm like, Okay, that's a sign. And then I pulled over. And I went up and talked to him. And I said, like, Hey, any chance you're able to, uh, you know, give me or sell me these chips? And he's like, Yeah, where do you want them? like okay uh, i said at the garden and and uh, turned out he actually had the phone number of the guy who manages the society the garden society there called him and he's like yeah bring it on down and then all of a sudden i got this huge truck and a big load of uh of fresh cuttings that's all mixed up and all different sizes which is really really good compared to the you know homogenous you know uh two by two square uh chips that people want for cosmetic purposes, but this is not for cosmetic purposes. this is for emulating nature what nature actually does to take some of the labor out anyway. <laughs> it was like a miracle. it made me cry actually the the timing of it and the the beauty of it and this is a... Uh, how thanks to nevada astrology that's really good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you get it. And uh, scorching heat in Austin, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's a wild, it's a wild time. Thanks for that love, John. I appreciate it. And uh, there's another interview by James Top, so thank you for sharing that, Don. And singe man, make make a brick. Hmm, not sure what that is. And good soil is life. I know, I know. And the plants make the soil. And as long as you can keep the soil down. From you know, just uh, going to dust and and getting into the air, then it will um, mingle with life. And life is uh, teeming in there. Actually, we have a lot of life in the soil. So good. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all I'm going to say for today. Hello, Glenjay. I'm glad you could make it towards the end. And uh, do check out the video if you are just coming on. Clay. Yeah, it's not that it's not that bad. It, I offered to bring a whole load of soil, fresh soil, because I'm kind of brainwashed by all my parents gardening when they would every year have a big truck of topsoil delivered to their house to replenish the soil that was being, you know, um, taken away from by the normal kind of normal psyop standards of gardening. Well, you don't need to do that with the wood chips. In one or two years, those wood chips will be soil. In fact, I went to another wood chip pile in the garden this morning and I picked up just the top layer underneath it. It's like beautiful black Incredible, you know, black gold—I guess they call it—the the soil. Nature works for us, right? Nothing was designed on this earth to be a labor, and uh, and there's actually a place in the Bible where it said that now you will you will um, it was something to the effect like you will eat by the sweat of your brow, and and it references tilling right? That is, that is going to be so much work because of tilling. So anyway, I'll have more to say about that. And uh, you can put your hand up if you're interested in a workshop by Jacqueline Milne. I'll probably just organize that for her, although it might be uh, only in her PMA. And if you haven't uh, joined her PMA, then I'm going to leave you her email here. It's a very intimate group where she's teaching people about private membership association. The private domain is the best kept secret, even from us. Even when we operate in the private and we do our thing, we don't know we're doing that. We're so consumed with the public domain. And that's what is inspiring me to take all of my work over to this realm. Uh, I might have an image, a nice little uh, insignia uh, picture that's going to represent the House of Free Will Ministry. This is the thing that... uh, how you have the highest value for eggshells and, uh, coffee and vegetables. Yep. You go oh, in, in the wood chips. Okay. Perfect. And bread. Hmm, interesting. I never heard about bread, cinchman. Thank you for that, that tip and uh, labor of love. Yeah. And, been, uh, been working like, uh, whoa, I always have a bad word from that to, <laughs> to end that sentence, but I won't use it right now. All right, everyone have a beautiful rest of your day. I love you. And I hope you have a lovely weekend. If I don't see you sooner, bye for now.